guys. Welcome back to another week of Autastic, your comedian's guide to autism. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Kirk Smith, and my co-host and buddy, road guy, and Instagram poster who is uh, posted a great video today. If you haven't followed me, oh, thanks, Graham K. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on there. You both look and sound like you just woke up. It is 12:30 p.m. That is Kirk Smith. He just came in from Orlando. Um, there was a bit of an ice storm out in New York City last night, and it screwed up the flights. I got it very late. My bags didn't make it. It's very exciting, and I fly out tomorrow. So oh I hope my, my bags make God. it today before I leave tomorrow. <laughs> Ugh. Where are you going tomorrow? Miami. Well, you, Miami Beach. Why'd you fly back if you're already in Orlando? Well, I could fly down to Orlando. Was, it was two nights, so I want to stay two nights in a hotel. And you know, Orlando and Miami aren't the same thing, so it's five hours apart. So I thought about that, and uh, I decided I wanted to come home. But there you go. Oh, might have been a mistake. Okay. Anyway, uh, this is a comedian's guide to autism. My brother Peter has autism. Kirk's adult son has autism. And um, as for my brother Peter, he's doing pretty good this week. Um, I, he's doing okay. He's... He, Something happened, moment like big happened in his life that was very very sad that he didn't t- okay. he didn't tell me about because he does not process grief at all. He can process my my parents were talking about this. Um, my he can process um, anger and happiness, but not pain, not sadness. Um, right. Sounds like me. Yeah, he does actually. <laughs> you just go to the basketball courts and just start playing very I roughly with twenty-year-olds. Yeah, I definitely know how to get angry, but the sadness is harder. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that might be a, an issue with men in general. Um, but anyway, which is un- which is you know another layer of the onion we can unpack. You know. Mm-hmm. Because he has autism, is it a learnt trait to be a man like that, a closed emotional man, or is it is it uh, genetic? And I'm going to say genetic because we, you know, anyway. So what happened was, is he used to have. He, now he has people visit. Two people would visit him. One gets paid by live work play. And the other was a volunteer, and he was a man, and I think he had like spina bifida or something like that. He was in a wheelchair. His name was Bruce Dempsey, and Bruce was, uh, I guess, very sick, Okay. but he would volunteer and take time out of his day to help Peter. He'd take his wheelchair, go visit Peter. And they would go do activities and, you know, go for a little stroll or whatever they would do. And he would hang out and he would do that like almost once a week. Anyway, he died maybe three weeks ago, two weeks ago. And I found out through my parents. Yeah. And, um, you know, big shout out to Bruce Dempsey and the Dempsey family. Bruce, you're an absolute hero. And uh, I, 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 I... I've mentioned you briefly in the podcast before, but I just wanted to give you your your flowers, as they say, your just due. You are a um, you are a great man, and I hope you um, 
if there is an a- if if there is another place after this, you are okay and feeling a lot better, and running uh, through a meadow with your legs. Um, I, yeah. So he used to take time and hang out with Peter, and it was really nice. And of course, we all appreciated it. And of course, when so Peter found out through his the other volunteer. I guess the middleman who set it up and and he was like, well, you know, I, and I asked, asked Peter about it because my parents are like, yeah, he like didn't tell us. So then I asked Peter about it and I was like, See, how come you didn't tell me? How come you didn't tell me that Bruce died? And he's like, well, um, sometimes people die and that's what happens. Anyways, Graham, I don't want to discuss it right now. You're just like, okay. Like, All right. That's that. He's like, And I'm like, well, aren't you sad? And he's like, yes, a little bit. Would there ever be a time he would want to discuss it? Or is it one of those things that, like, I don't want to discuss it now. It's just code forever. He, it's not like, I can tell when he's trying to brush it off. Yeah. When he's, when he's not comfortable and he's trying to change topics. This was not one of those times. This was, there was nothing there to discuss. It's like saying the wall is white. He's like, yeah, I know it's white. Why is the wall white? I don't know. It's white. Like, he's just like, I don't know. He's dead. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? And, and so it was just interesting. He just couldn't, you know, which is, I don't know if it's a bad thing. He's, he's, He's been very callous uh, with death before. <laughs> like, I remember, I remember his plans for your parents' cabin. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I was going to bring up. He, he, you know, that one drive home from the cottage, and it was just him and I in the car, and he was just like, you know, this is out of the blue. We had had a nice evening. I was driving him home because he wanted to leave, <clears throat> and he was, and he was like, you know. When mom and dad die, we should sell this place. <laughs> All right. In 40 years? Sure. That's fine. <laughs> no, I hope. I don't know if they're going to live to be 110, but... All right. I know, but didn't he say it like 10 years ago? They're <laughs> only like 50 or something? I can't remember. Like five years ago. Five years ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so... It's interesting. It's interesting that he... He he cannot process that, but for better or for worse, he's fine. It is, it, it, but it is one of the things that we've talked about a few times before that, like trying to unpack the, uh, like you said, unpeel the onion, like differentiating between the human, complicated human beings that we all are, and then the extra layer of complication that autism adds. Right. Because it's not like yeah. I, I, I clearly don't have autism, but mm. I'm. I have a myriad of other issues yeah. that, <laughs> yeah. that, uh, yeah. So I think not being able to deal with death as a man, you know, or not, not processing it through grief right. or crying or yeah, it's uh pretty common. I would say, I mean, you process, yeah, I mean, look, you, you don't do it publicly. Um, but I can tell when you're sad, right. you know, um, you know, when, 
when your your ex-wife passed <coughs> pardon me you know you were and and when her anniversary happened happens i can i kind of i don't remember wh- exactly when her anniversary is but i know when it is because you're sad i could see it on your face <laughs> you know what i mean and and he doesn't he he doesn't have that you know and it's interesting uh but the real question is is he missing out <laughs> yeah i know that is the, that is a good question or is it better to just keep moving forward buddy <laughs> No, no, you should be sad and cry yourself at night. Yeah. Should I? <laughs> yeah, you should uh, sit in your room at 2 in the morning and cry and then argue in an Applebee's parking lot in the afternoon like we all do. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's how it works. You pick a fight with whoever you're with now because you can't express yourself. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I know that um, this is a little bit of a dark topic, but you know, we're talking about death a little bit. We don't talk about this often, so we're allowed, I guess, but, uh, I wonder if you'd feel differently if you went to the funeral. I know not to be morbid, but seeing, uh, uh Lorena's body was a very, that was the part that makes it very real for me, at least right. versus the intellectual thing of like, they're gone versus, you know, um, back in, you know, a thousand years ago, you lived in a village or 2000 years ago, you, someone dies, you see the body. You're like, look, they're dead. I can see it. And so I think there's something very powerful about that, that it's not an intellectual thing. You can see it. You're like, oh, they're not, they're definitely not <laughs> moving. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, because I think everything's become so like, um, yeah, there is a, I so, was talking about that with my girlfriend who is Irish American and they have Irish wakes where the body is in the living mm-hmm. room and you get drunk around it. And there's like, it adds closure because you see it. Everyone yeah. sees it, that it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, because you see like a person that, I don't think I've talked about mm-hmm. this. Maybe we should, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about death. So if you've got little kids, maybe this is the, the next five minutes. Fast forward real quick. But um, yeah, for me, seeing her, her, uh, uh, her, her body was very, powerful and transformative in that in that it was like it was her and you could lift her arm and you know that's a person but it's it's not her she's gone right so there's a very like real uh shift in the mind like that you know person or whatever you want to call it that being is gone like there's a shell there's this husk there's this uh you know frame that held it but the true person that you actually like, love, or connect with is gone. Yeah. This is just a just a body, and so it really, yeah. That's that's the part when I was like that. That part hit me hard. Yeah, I, I like that Irish wake idea. Yeah, there's a, a scene in um in The Wire, which I finally got around to watching. Where uh, if I'm spoiling the end of The Wire for you, you should have watched it. It's been out 20 years. But uh, <laughs> fast forward another minute if you don't hear the spoiler at the end. Great they show. Do a, if you haven't seen great it. Great show. Masterpiece. But they do a, a, a wake at the end for McNulty when he gets fired because it's like the end of his career and it's the end of his, you know, but, and, and you know, it's the classic switcheroo where you think he's dead, but he's not dead. It's just he's, he's getting canned. And um, it's like the, the, the death and the new beginning of something new and something beautiful and powerful about it and allows you to mourn and close it. And I do think there's something powerful about being able to see that it's over. Like that person's gone. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Uh, so maybe maybe that would help Peter. I don't know. Did J- JJ see his mom? No, it was tough because you know she was a. We saw I, I saw her at the um, I identified her body at the uh, at the morgue, but it was her wishes to be uh, to be um, cremated. What's that called? Cremated. So yeah, I respect her wishes. I have taken them several times to her uh, grave. It's tough though because again, that's a very intellectual. Yeah. You know. There used to be a body here. They're burnt. Now it's ashes. Now there's ashes in the ground. And this stone with words on it, you don't really read. But these words mean your mom was here or her her uh, remains are here. So, yeah. Yeah. And does it's he tough. know what a what a graveyard is? Is it just a stone garden to him, you know? It's like, I like the stone garden with the pretty flowers. Yeah. It's very quiet. I took a pee a few times. Mm-hmm. I'm like, please don't pee in anybody's grave. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, we had that experience. That was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. I, I know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of public toilets at the, at the graveyard. So, yeah. Um, and sometimes he gets cold and he's just quick. He's just like, Oh, got to pee, pulls it out, starts peeing. And then you go stop midstream and walk him around and Hey, stop peeing. Uh, like, okay. Please aim it into the gutter, not at people's stones. Thank you. Anyway. Death's a tough one, man. Death's a very... (laughs) It um, is a tough one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I just thought it was interesting. I just thought it was interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Has JJ ever... Have you ever seen him mourn anybody? Or he doesn't know? Not... I mean... I mean, the closest I know to that is he's got a photo book. A photo, like... um, Yeah, you'd call it like a, a... was there another word for that? Back album. In the day? Photo book. Photo album. Jeez Louise. And um, he'll, from time to time, you know, they tell me, or I've, I've seen him a couple of times, he'll look through it, and just slowly go page by page, and he'll point at people, but then he doesn't say anything. He just looks at you. So, like, I don't know if he's like, yep, I know this person. I know this person. So, you know, if he does that, if he goes through the album and points at me, then they'll try to call me usually. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Does he ever look at pictures of his of Elena? Yep, uh, Lorena. Yeah, Lorena, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's in there. Yep, yeah. So he will do that. Will he so. point at it? Yep. Oh man, that's tough. Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah. Well, this got really heavy really quickly, and I apologize. Uh, but I, you know, it is it is a what is wrong with you? Graham? It is a worthwhile topic. It is push it these is feelings interesting really topic. far down like you're supposed to. <laughs> yes, push it down like you are now. Let's get back on track. Um, <laughs> That's fine. Sh- what? How's JJ doing? So pretty good. You know, I'm waiting for the. Um, it feels like the mass mandate's ending in the United States. It ended in, in Iceland. It ended in the UK, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. So if all things go to plan, I am planning on... Oh, yeah. Going back. Going to see him. Yeah. So MacArthur right returns. Like, <laughs> right now it looks like end of March. End of March. And... Um, good. Yeah, it should be good. Going to see JJ. That's great. Oh, man. That was a sad yeah. episode. When you got turned, yeah, that was a tough one. You got turned back at the border. That was a tough yeah. one. That was a, but I think we're wrapping up on this thing. Uh, 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 I'm excited. I'm excited to go back. Sweden in the spring. Uh, oh, Sweden in the spring, beautiful. 
Beautiful. Ah, beautiful. The problem is the sweet. This, the spring is like six hours in the middle of May, and you don't know which hour day it's going to be. But uh, yeah, sure. no, I know. I'm from Canada. <laughs> I get it. We just we, we, you think it's spring. We just, the next day it's snowing. That's right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, oh, spring's here, and then it would snow, and then it would be, and then it would be like mud. We did. We had like winter, and then two days of mud, and then summer. And that's it. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, I don't want to do this at the end of the podcast because it might get uh, buried, but I am going to try to put together a tour, a land tour on <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2023, which is only 10 months away. Uh-huh. So if you would like to be a part, this is Kirk speaking, send me your email address. I'm going to do an email list, old school email list, because I feel like the, the social media thing, I feel like they have control over how much... My stuff gets shared, and so I'm collecting email addresses. I'm dead serious. You can email me. Send them to me at Kirksmith uh, Comedy at Gmail. Email Kirksmith Comedy email. at Gmail, and or you can send me a DM and any of the social media platforms. And uh, I'm a Kirksmith Comedy Insta, Facebook. But uh, you want to be added to the email list? I'm trying to figure out what cities. Uh, I've got the most fans to tour. Right now it's looking like Colorado and North Carolina, oddly enough, and Texas. Oh, yeah, so, that makes sense. Yeah, it'd be great. That if makes sense. If you'd like to be part of that, that's my little brief commercial break. No, that's good. You got to do it. Yeah. You got to do it. Should we do a in the news? Let's do in the news, folks. Okay, load her up, Grandma. Um, Graham found this one. You want to read it or want me to read it? I. Uh, it's up to you. I don't care. Yeah, you don't want to read it. Sounds like... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, this one is from Spectrum News. It's Cracking Autism's Sleep Conundrum by Chloe Williams, and it was published today. Um, about 15 years ago, Ashuri Buckley made an observation that intrigued her. She was monitoring the overnight brain activity of children with autism or blah, 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 and noticed their brainwave patterns were strikingly different from those of their neurotypical peers, specifically in their recordings. The patterns that marked different stages of sleep were often much harder to spot, says Buckley a pediatric neurologist and sleep medicine specialist at the U.S. National Institute of Mental Health in Bethesda, Maryland. Um, So much, uh, sorry, so much so that Buckley and her colleagues could sometimes guess who had a neurodevelopmental condition just by looking at the EEG. Um, It seemed to me that there was an enormous amount of information just in the observations, she said. Since then, Buckley has been working to decode the meaning of brain activity that occurs during sleep. In November, she launched a project to assess the genetics, sleep, and behavior of neurotypical children and those who have been flagged for, diagnosed with, or have an older sibling with uh, neurodevelopmental conditions such as autism. So that would include me, Kirk. The goal of the new study is to decipher whether uh, electrophysiologic signatures uh, can predict later behavioral issues such as problems with communicating or socializing. Buckley and her colleagues plan to add data from the study to a freely available online repository. 
Um, so hopefully that'll be up soon. And many other offers, uh, many other efforts now underway are taking aim at the complicated ties between sleep and autism, with good reason. Up to 86% of people with uh, the spectrum on the spectrum have trouble sleeping, and sleeping problems and autism overlap in a myriad ways. Reviews shows review, re- research shows. Yet the relationship between the two, l- like the function of sleep itself, remain elusive. Sleep problems may contribute to or derive from autism traits or both. It's hard to know which comes first, says Amanda Richdale, uh, adjunct professor at La Trobe University, Olga Tennyson's Autism Research Center in Melbourne, Australia who has studied sleep disturbances among people with autism since the 1980s. For years, disturbed sleep has been thought as a side effect of autism, but mounting evidence suggests it may be a core feature with shared underlying biology. By mining these connections, Richdale says, researchers could uh, uncover clues about the roots of autism, uh, discover markers, and define subgroups of the condition or find new ways to help autistic people with intractable sleep problems. To overlap between neurodevelopment and sleep begs further research, Buckley says. It's woefully understudied and an incredible gold mine. Uh, <laughs> Change the subject slightly. What? So one, a comedian came up to me after a show one time and I had a great set about JJ's autism. Yeah. And he's like, you know, that autistic son of yours is a gold mine. <laughs> Not literally. <laughs> uh, and did you beat him with a bat after? Uh, I literally told him, Not literally. You understand I pay for all this stuff, right? Oh, yeah. I didn't think of that. I'm like, it cost me more than the jokes that I'm making money off. It's a gold mine. <laughs> what? People are so stupid. People are very stupid. <laughs> All right, continue, continue, sorry. (laughs) Comics. The async, I'm skipping ahead of it. The asynchronous oscillations Manoch and her colleagues reported were not associated with reduced memory consolidation in autism, but the findings point to differences in the function of TRN because the brain structure... um, gates the relay of sensory information between the thalamus and corex during wake and sleep alterations in its function may underline sensory sensitivities and disrupted sleep in autism, Manoj says. And if autistic people do have asynchronous oscillations, it could offer an opportunity to intervene and improve some of their traits. That's interesting. Hello. Playing a brief burst of ambient noise at precise times during the night, for example, can enhance the coupling of brain oscillations and improve memory consolidation in non-autistic people, research shows. I like that. That's a good nugget. Um, Is that like white noise, basically? Yeah, put a fan on. Manoch and her colleagues are testing whether this approach can synchronize brain activity and ease memory troubles in in people with epilepsy. Such an approach may only ever help a subgroup of people, 
There are likely many causes of disturbed sleep among people on the spectrum, Richdale notes, and for some, poor sleep habits, anxiety, or depression may be more to blame than biology. That fits into the idea that there are multiple pathways to autism, she says. Nevertheless, sleep is a worthy treatment target in autism, Buckley says. It does something that the brain needs in order to develop correctly. Also, sleep problems are one of the most urgent concerns among families with autistic children, yet researchers correctly have few or uh, currently have few ways to intervene <laughs> correctly. Nope. Currently. If uh, nothing else, studying <laughs> the connection between autism and sleep opens up an opens up new ways of thinking about both conditions, Lipton says, because there are windows into e- into each other. They are windows into each other. Okay. Well, Kirk, what do you think? I'll tell you what I think. Uh, I'm always hesitant to give advice because uh, I'm clearly am not, should be, shouldn't, I'm not a person who should give you advice. However, well, you have an adult had, son, you've lived through it, so you can always tell someone with a three year old what to expect. I, 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 I you would have done. Yeah, I wish I would have done this. We used to have disagreements, his mom and I, about what so she was very against any sort of medication of any kind for him. She was against. However, she was very much against. However, this lack of sleep would mess up not only uh, his mental functioning capacity, but all of ours, including especially hers. Mm -hmm. So his lack of sleep, if he's getting three hours a night for a month sometimes, and then somebody's up with him, it would mess up the whole family. So if I had to do it again... For us, melatonin worked well, but even if, you know, even something stronger, if I had to do it again, I would have done sleeping because now he's on sleeping meds. He takes them every night and it helps him sleep. And even if it does nothing for him, if it helps the caregivers, the moms and the, you know, this is a, this is a thing to say to all you caregivers out there, moms and dads, that, uh, you're, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm, you know, your, your, your focus is always on your child with autism, but you're of more use and you're be- at your best. So you taking care of yourself is important for you to care for your son or daughter. So trying to get your sleep is a big one. Trying to get those, you know, you can't, you can't do 15 years of four hour nights without having a lot of side effects for, uh, on your own for depression and other things. So Anything to get those sleep. If I had to do it again, I would do the melatonin at a younger age. I would have done actual, you know, right. I don't say sleeping pills because there's it's a little more complicated than that. But there are things that prescribe, you know, uh, and, and we, we have a, yeah. Anyway, I, maybe it was a different time when we were doing it, but we were more against the, the medication. But uh, that was a mistake. If I, had to do, if I had to do it again, yeah. I would, even if it doesn't help him at all in the autism, if he's rested he's less grumpy and if he's rested he's less anxious and we've all are less anxious because we all slept well it hurt it helps especially in a developing brain this study shows that uh it could really help um neural pathways develop and it helps the mom if the mom's getting you know is up all day run ragged and then she's going to bed at midnight waking up at three again and again and again and again there it's Naive to think that has no effect on your body or mind. Yeah. For uh, come on, yeah. So, yes, that's my two cents. Well, 
<laughs> I know that I'm going to start sleeping with a fan on because it'll help my neural pathways. Because uh, especially since I'm a brother of someone with autism. Yeah. There's a connection, it says. There's a white noise machine yeah. called White Noise, and it's free. And one of the settings is fan, just so you know. I'm going to pull it up for you. See if you, see if this sounds like a fan to you. Oh, like on app, you mean? On your phone? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's uh, it's called, it's just white noise, and it's free. Like, I like the heavy rain uh, if it's, you know, if I'm someplace really loud. The water usually will work for me, like raining. Oh, there's crickets also. That one's pretty good. I don't want that? crickets. That would drive me nuts. All right. Uh, air conditioning. Oh, yeah, okay. There's a All right. Oh, here we go. Isolating fan. Anyway, something to think about. What a life. Um, what a crazy, crazy life. Well, Kirk, you can uh, follow me if you don't already, Kirk. You can follow me at Mr. Graham K uh, on Twitter and Instagram. I am going to be on tour with my friend and yours, Nate Bargatze, starting on uh, the 24th of March. I'm going to be gone for a little while, and um, let me pull up where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in Reading, Pennsylvania, Durham, North Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia, Augusta, Georgia, Birmingham, Birmingham, Alabama, Knoxville, Tennessee, Charlotte, North Carolina, London, Ontario, Toronto, Ontario, Tirana, Buffalo, New York, Syracuse, New York, Vancouver, B.C., Spokane, Washington, and Bellington. What's W.A.? Washington State. Belling, Bellingham, Washington State. Um, good to know. Winnipeg, Manitoba, Regina, Saskatchewan, Edmonton, Alberta. Love the pronunciation of Regina. Is it Regina? No, it's Regina. It's okay, Regina. Fine. Well, Take that's how easy. her name was spelled. We're, we're, we're not so cripplingly conservative we can't say words that sound like something because it'll remind us of something that is um, a sin. I know, but doesn't it look part of a human body? spell Regina? Well, they Is say that the more it's, it's, pronunciation? it's pronounced Regina. Regina. That's what it was. Right. Yeah, I thought it was Houston Street, not Houston Street. But what do I? Know? Yeah, what do you know? Anyway, um, that was the name of it. Was it was named after British queen or princess? I think a princess. Anyway, who cares? Um, I'm just teasing you, Kirk. You're probably right. I don't know. I'm just busting your chops. You're always busting my chops. I hate it. You, you can check me out on I'm a chop buster. Uh, Kirk Smith Comedy on all your social media needs, as I already said. Midway, send me your emails. We're putting together a little tour. We appreciate your likes and shares on this podcast. As always, that's it, guys. Have a great week. You can do it.